Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgeford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the-rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. Good evening. So yes, first time speaking, preaching up here at Luttrell Hall on a Sunday evening. Cheer me on. Now, those of you who've heard me uh, preach up at the Hub uh, the last few times will know that, and if you've remembered this, you've done very well, that I I have a couple of themes that, that have been running through my sermons. One of them has been two-word titles, two-word titles, but God, these things, hopefully some of you will go, I remember those, and if you haven't, you can nod your head as if you did, because that always makes me feel better, so that's good. Even if you weren't there, you can nod your head. (laughs) And the second thing that I've felt very much um, led led to speak on is that there are passages of scripture, there are stories in the Bible, there are characters in the Bible, there are events in the Bible, and we will go, yeah, I know that. I've read that. I've spoken about that dozens of times. And yet, what God has said to me on many occasions, and it's something I've brought to the sermons I've preached, is, you know what? Do we really know those things as well as we think we do? And God has encouraged me, and I think has encouraged many others, to say, let's dig a little bit deeper into certain aspects of the Bible that we think we all know it. So there's a familiarity, there's an an understanding, but we need to go a bit further in. So tonight, one of those themes is completely busted, okay? Which is the first one, which is the two-word title, I'm afraid... That is so last year. Two-word two word titles are just... Who on earth thought that was a thing? So that's gone. But the second one, the sort of thing where I dig into some things that we know, I'm not changing that. And the reason for that is tonight I want us to look at Psalm 23. Psalm 23. And if you like, the theme of my message is this. You know the psalm, but do you know the shepherd? You know the psalm, but do you know the shepherd? Do you really know this psalm and what it means and what it brings and what it offers to us? Because it is, perhaps of all passages of Scripture, perhaps it's the most well-known. I mean, if you think about the Bible... The Bible has got 66 books. There are 39 in the Old Testament. And if the next slide comes up, it might show me that. Oh, look, it's coming. Hey, it's all coming in and thinking, well, look at this. Somebody's gone to town. 66 books in the Bible. There are 39 in the Old Testament. So how many are there in the New Testament? You see, you all know these things. 27. How many chapters? 
You're very good. How on earth? Give, how on earth did you know that? So why is Psalm 23 so well known? Why is Psalm 23 something that I think you know? We, when I was young, not that okay, ages ago, used to learn it at school. It used to be something that we you used to recite in assemblies and all of those sorts of things. So my question is, how well do we know Psalm 23? And I think, actually, what, you're going to, what we're going to find out, you, you know the words quite well. We know it in a particular versions quite well. But there's more to it that can bless us. There's more to it that can, that can teach us. There is more to it that can challenge us. And that's where I want us to get to tonight. So the first verse of Psalm 23 is, The Lord is my shepherd. And I want you to join in with this, because I think we know this. I'm gonna, let's see if we can get the whole psalm done. And whether you're in leadeth and, and all of those sorts of words, or whatever, however you do it, let's see. So in the old King James Version, but anyone you've, we've got says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff may comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Well done. Congratulations, my job is done. Well, actually, it's not, is it? Because that's the point. A lot of us will know some of that psalm. Some of us know all of it in different versions. But what I just want us to think about tonight is how well do we know that? And the first, the first part of that is this. Does anybody know a shepherd? Seriously. Do any of you know anybody who's a shepherd? I know people who work in... There's always one, you see. We've got... You do. Apart from Jesus. In your day-to-day -day life, in your day-to-day -day life, how many of us know a shepherd? Jesus is our shepherd, that's it. But how many... You know, I know people who work in education, who look after people, look in finance, all sorts of places. I don't know anybody who's a shepherd. And yet, when we say in this psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, we get it. We understand that. Something that was written 3,000 years ago, and is a theme throughout the rest of the Bible and absolutely a theme through the Gospels, it resonates with us. A 
a shepherd. And of course, one of the reasons this resonates in the writer is David was a shepherd. David knew what it was like to be a shepherd. David knew what it took to be a shepherd. And in particular, of course, David knew what it took to be a shepherd in the Middle East 3,000 years ago. A shepherd is a 24-7 job. It's not weekends off. It's not bank holidays off. It's not 25 days holiday. It's a 24-7 job. So our shepherd looks after us 24-7, 365 days of the year. That's what it takes to be a shepherd. A shepherd cannot hand over responsibility to somebody else. You have your flock. You have to look after them. They are the people who you have to really look after. So the thing about this psalm, and I've managed to miss a slide out, so Mark's looking at me, I'm thinking, I've missed a slide out. Let's rewind a little bit as well, sorry. The thing about this psalm is it's a psalm in three parts. A psalm in three parts, and it's a psalm in three places. So the first thing is, the first part of Psalm 23 takes place in a field. And it talks about a God of direction. A God who directs us. A God who leads us. A God who shows us where to go. The second part, which is one verse, verse 4, moves to a valley. A darker place. A more difficult place. And there we see that God is a God of protection. A God protection. And finally, the final part of the psalm, the last two verses, because it's only a six-verse psalm, takes place in a house, in the home, and talks about provision, God's provision lavished upon us. So that's the context, the way the psalm works. Then, so the first part of that is yeah, does anybody know a shepherd? Because a shepherd has to be able to commit themselves and act for so long. And our shepherd here, so David, if you look at David, had to operate in the Middle East. Because the Middle East is not a bit like, like being a shepherd in, if you like, in, in, in Northern Europe. To be a shepherd, it was a rough job. It was a tough job. It was a hard job. It was a hot job. You've got to be able to protect your flock. And as we know from David and from what we read about David before he, he fought Goliath, David, David had to fight for his flock, a lion, a bear. So David knew what it was like to be a shepherd. But the second bit of that verse 
it's quite interesting because you know, we like the idea, the Lord is my shepherd. Feels good. I lack nothing. I lack nothing. I shall not want. One of the things that can cause us concerns in our life is we need something. We feel as if we're missing something. We're not content. We're not happy. David is saying, the Lord is your shepherd. And if the Lord is my shepherd, we lack nothing. We have enough. We have more than enough. God's provision for us is enough. As a shepherd, he provides everything we can need. And in fact, if you look at this psalm, you will see just how much in the picture of the shepherd is being provided. Remember that David, when he was writing this psalm, is in the Middle East, in a country and a land that is often dry and arid. There's drought. The, the pasture is often not great. Where does God take us? He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Let me tell you, if you were a sheep, you would be absolutely loving that. Green pastures. Sheep in the Middle East have to forage and scavenge and search and look and be moved on to different parts of the countryside. He leads me beside the still waters. Again, in the Middle East, in the Middle East, water is scarce. It's almost, it's very difficult to find. Our good shepherd gives us still waters. Still waters, still waters, deep water, as much water as we need. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. You know, one of the programs that really took off during lockdown was a BBC program that had been on before, it had been on before lockdown. It was often on in an afternoon, apparently. But during lockdown, it became a very, very big thing. Very, very popular. And you might have watched it. The Repair Shop. Anybody ever watched The Repair Shop? Where people will turn up and they'll say, I've got this, I don't know, book, chair, musical instrument, clock, whatever it is. If you've seen the program and they turn up with it and they say, look at the state of this. And often there's a family bit of a story behind it, you know, a bit of emotion behind it. It all adds to the TV drama, doesn't it? Of course it does. It might have been a, you know, a relative or a friend and people cared for it. People can remember listening to somebody playing the music, whatever it is. And they say, can... Well, they call it the repair shop. I actually think it should be called the restore shop. They restore it, whatever it is, to its former glory. And you can admire 
the, the workmanship, workwomanship, however you describe it, the people are on there are dead clever, aren't they? I have to say, whether it's the bloke with three sets of glasses on, have you seen him? The guy with all the glasses on. Right. You know, cleaning out some little spring somewhere. There's the lady who does all the leather stuff. Have you seen her? Sewing bits of doing that. There's a couple of ladies who stuff toys. Back to that, so they're absolutely fantastic. There's the guy who does the wood. Obviously not as good as Harold. But, you know, the guy who does the wood. It's astonishing, the workmanship. Do you need a bit of restoration? Has your soul a bit battered? Maybe your soul has, has taken a few hits. It's a bit warm, a bit bedraggled, needs some attention, needs a great work person. It needs somebody with the skill and the ability and the passion and the care to restore your that's our God. God wants to restore your soul. David needed it. David needed his soul to be restored. He, if you look at David's story, I mean, it's fascinating. The things he goes through, there's some great triumphs, there's some great disasters. Some he brings on himself, some other people bring on him. His soul. That bit of you between body and spirit, that bit of you that, that wants to be saved, gets battered, gets knocked out of shape. He knew he needed God to restore his soul. We need God to restore our soul. Tonight, he wants to do that for you. He wants to bring you to the repair shop and say, I want to bring you back as good as new. In fact, better even better than as good as new. That's our God. And that's how he directs us. He directs us through those places, through those pastures, through that water, because he is our shepherd tonight. So, of course... If there's going to be a shepherd, there's got to be some sheep. So tonight, my question now is, do you feel a bit sheepish? Do you feel a little bit sheepish? Because if God's our shepherd, it follows, of course, that we are sheep. And of course, we, we sometimes portray sheep as a little bit silly, stupid, whatever. Possibly a bit harsh, but certainly sheep are animals who need looking after. I'm not a farmer, I'm not an expert in this, but I know that cows, pigs, sort of can almost look after themselves. My mum, who used to work on a farm when she was much younger, always said... Pigs were, so, were clean, used to organize themselves. Sheep, all over the place. Sheep, all over the place. Sheep wander. 
Sheep go off. Sheep need to be brought back. Sheep need to be looked after. The Bible talks about us being sheep a great deal. If you look in the book of Isaiah, it talks about how we've all gone astray like sheep. We've all gone astray like sheep. In Isaiah 40, it says, He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those who have young. The good shepherd's a kind shepherd. Our shepherd is a shepherd who wants to look after his sheep. And we need it. We need it. You know, we're incredibly made. We're marvelously made. It's all fascinating. You know, our brains, our minds, what we can do. But we are a bit prone to wander off. We are a bit prone to go the wrong way and to think we're okay and we can do it ourselves and we can manage on our own because we're a bit like sheep we are a little bit like sheep so then the psalm moves on into the valley the valley of the shadow of death yea though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death I will fear no evil for you are with me. Sometimes we go through valleys. Often sheep have to be driven through a valley. One of the things about sheep is that they're particularly again in the Middle East but this is the same actually in most parts of the world where there are flocks of sheep. They graze in one area, then they've got to go to another area. They need to move, they need new pastures, they need to move on, they can't stay where they are. And they have to go through a valley. But nobody likes valleys. Valleys are dark, they're dangerous. And the valley of the shadow of death is particularly dangerous. But the shadow is just that. It's a shadow. A shadow. A shadow can't hurt you. A shadow can't harm you. A shadow is obviously is, 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 is cast by something that is very difficult and very hard. But a shadow will not touch you. A shadow will distract you but God will see you and the valley of the shadow of death is a place many of us have been many of us are going through difficulties I will fear no evil for thou art with me thy rod and thy staff they comfort A shepherd has a unique tool. A shepherd's crook. You all know what a shepherd... You see, this is the thing, you know, even though we don't know shepherds, we all seem to know what... Maybe it's little Bo Peep, I don't know, but we all seem to have an, an image of a shepherd's crook, yeah? It's there in our minds, we can see it. You know, farmer there, it's about this tall. Well, 
for me it'd have to be that tall. But if it was that tall for, for some of you, it'd be far too big, wouldn't it? But you know what I mean. With a, with a, with a hoop on the end for hiking the sheep around. And sometimes we need to be hiked about a bit. We need to be pulled back from danger. As the sheep's about to go over the edge of, or fall into somewhere or gets itself stuck, the shepherd needs to use his staff. It's a unique tool. Nobody else, you don't use it in any other type of farming or husbandry or anything like that. It's there to help us. The rod is a weapon. It's about two foot, three foot long, big lump of wood. Pretty obvious what you do with that when a lion comes by or an enemy. You give it some stick. Yeah. God provides a rod and a staff to help us, to comfort us, to look after us in the valley. Just as the sheep need to be looked after and sometimes the action needs to be quite tough, so God provides and looks after us. Your rod and your staff Finally, the psalm moves into the home, into the house. And it talks about the best meal ever. Who likes food? Different types of food, I'm sure, for different people. Some people go, like savoury stuff. Some people like sweet stuff. Some people like all of it. Whatever. God gives us the best meal ever in the presence of our enemies. He prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. And if you're a sheep, if you're a sheep, and we all are sheep, interestingly enough, well, I thought it was interesting, you've got to say it's interesting because you're going to have to listen to me say it. So there you are. But if you give a sheep too much rich food, too much rich grass, it'll die because it can't cope with it it can't cope with too much good food God says to us I'm going to give you the best food the best provision and it's going to be in the presence of your enemies so they will see you are blessed you are blessed and those people who look on and go really those people who are against you in one way or the other who don't support you, they will see that God is your blessing. And not just a little bit of blessing. God of provision means, and again, you'll find this so many times in the Bible, more than enough. More than enough. My cup runneth over, as the ancient King James Version says. Not a word I use very often, run. Maybe you do. Maybe that's the way you speak in your house. I don't know. But I don't usually say the word runneth. But that's what God provides for us. He anoints our heads with oil. In the Middle East, when you go into a house, hospitality is a great thing. Give you oil to 
cleanse you and to perfume you because outside it's hot and dusty and a bit gritty and a bit dirty. And at the end of that, it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We don't have to follow or chase after goodness and mercy. As we sang earlier, your goodness is running after me. Your goodness and your mercy follows you. You don't need to run after it. You don't need to chase after it. You don't need to go looking for it because God's goodness and mercy follows you. And if that is your what you need, if that is your desire, then that is God's promise for you. Promise that God's goodness and his mercy will follow you all the days, all the days of your life. So where does that take us? Just as a final wrap-up to this and a final thought. So God's a God of direction, a God of protection, a God of provision. Maybe you need to get back into the flock. Maybe you're a sheep that's gone off on your own, that's wandered away. A lonely sheep is a vulnerable sheep. The one thing that a shepherd knows is he's got to keep that flock together. And if there's one sheep goes missing, he's got to find it. Another familiar Bible story ringing any bells there? Maybe? John 10, have a look at it. Because Jesus says he's the good shepherd. Or maybe even though you want to be part of the flock, you feel that you, you can do things okay by yourself. Well, one of the things about being a sheep is that you're safe in the fold. Have you seen a sheepfold ever? That's what that's talking about. A sheepfold is a small enclosure, a few courses high, which is where the sheep will spend the night because the sheep on, can't spend the night out on the pasture because they'll be vulnerable to predators. So the shepherd drives the sheep into the sheepfold on a night time. He then lays in front of it and sleeps there. A sheep can't get out because he... A predator can't get in he protects his sheep. You've heard of the phrase over my dead body. That's apparently, so I'm told, and you can dispute it if you want, but that is where a lot of this comes from. That the shepherd will give his life for the sheep. It foretells the gospel of Jesus. Jesus gave And you can be safe with him in the sheepfold. Come to him and accept his sacrifice for you. Jesus keeps us safe in the sheepfold. So I want us to close 
And the way I want us to close, I just want us to, I'm going to read, I'm actually going to read Psalm 23 twice. I'm going to read it from a version that we know quite well, which is the old one. And then I'm going to read it from the message. And I'd just like, as I read, just might want to close your eyes, just clear your mind to the blessings that God has for us. The treasures that are there, that we know are there. This psalm, you know, you've maybe read it on a card, you go to a funeral, it's often used. Psalm 23 is a psalm for the living. It's not just a psalm for a funeral. It's a psalm of blessing, it's a psalm of comfort, it's a psalm of encouragement because of provision, direction that God gives. So I'm just going to read the psalm just twice, then I'm going to hand back to Kathy. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the tale before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely, Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And just to reinforce it, I'm just going to read it from the message, not your contemporary version, that says, God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows, you find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. Even when the way goes through Death Valley, I'm not afraid. When you walk at my side, your trusty shepherd's crook makes me feel You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemy. You revive my drooping head. My cup brims with blessing. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. Amen. <laughs>